Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. The podcast where we highlight stories of dads on the other side of divorce. To inspire and give strength to dads going through it. I'm Ben. And I'm Yoel. So this episode was uh, really awesome. Honestly, I, I've been waiting a really long time to give a proper thank you uh, to Jeremy. This episode, episode two, we had Jeremy Hess. He's a father of two. Uh, we got into how to create and cultivate that relationship, especially with daughters, um, how to listen better, uh, support systems. Um, you know, there was a lot, a lot of insight in there. Um, and for any of you who don't know, uh, Jeremy uh, is actually who I ended up living with after the divorce. So I was really, really appreciative of him to come on here and be our first guest and allow us to uh, dive into his life a little bit. Yeah, and and something that I I really picked up on, which I think is important, was that he was very uh, open about the fact that he was willing to feel his feelings. He said that he was sensitive, and I think there's a, a you know some sort of cultural this cultural notion that as men we've got to be tough and rough and tough and macho and all sorts of things. And obviously there's a time and place for everything and it's important to be strong, but I think it's also super crucial, especially for those out there who are listening, who may be going through you know, the divorce process as we speak, it's totally fine. In fact, it's even, uh, you know, it's even uh, advisable as Jeremy says, as, as you'll, you'll see or, or listen soon to feel those feelings and let yourself feel that pain. And he talked about crying multiple times. And I really, I'm really grateful that he was willing to be so open and share with, with our audience, um, you know, his experiences from that, uh, from that standpoint, it was really, really a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I think his overall outlook on life, uh, you know, he says his mission is to help as many people as he can. And I think, you know, that also was able to affect his relationship with his uh, kids, with his ex, um, open himself up to new friends, new environments, uh, new experiences. So he could be a better person for himself. And that in turn helped him be a better father and build that relationship with his kids. Yeah. And that, and by the way, that, you know, that reminds me, Ben, that that's another takeaway that I, that I got from this, just how intentional he is about his role as a dad. You know, it's not kind of just happening uh, happenstance. He really thinks about, you know what he does, how he how he speaks in front of his children, how he raises them. If he makes a mistake, uh, as 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 our viewers will see or our listeners will see, comes up that, uh, you know, he really takes time to contemplate uh, his words and his actions. So I think that's also something that's very important. It's not so easy in the thick of things. We didn't even get into. I have so many other questions for him. We didn't even get into, you know, his career. He talked about the challenges of balancing all that. We didn't even get into that, but even as in his role as a dad with everything that he has going on in his life, he still takes five, 10 minutes uh, every day to like shut everything off and really contemplate, you know, his role as a dad. And I, I just thought also that was a really amazing takeaway from him. Yeah. And uh, I realized after that uh, he's got an amazing family, uh, an interesting family. Uh, and I would love to get into his family and his upbringing. Um, but uh, next time. So yeah, everybody, we'll get, him, we'll get him again. Yep. Everybody. Introducing Jeremy Hess. So clearly we're all sitting in the same room where we have white background pictures of kids and you all have an accent wall. Accent wall. The accent wall. Doesn't everybody have an accent wall? Oh yeah, we all have an accent wall. What the heck's an accent wall? (laughs) Sitting in front of an accent wall doesn't even know what an accent wall is. An accent wall is a wall with one solid color that's different than all the other walls. One of dads, these is not know. like the other. Uh, isn't that a Sesame Street song? We're so excited to have our first guest. We have Jeremy Hess. He's a proud dad of two wonderful princesses, age 12 and 10. He's been divorced for four years. He, he tries to empower his girls to be strong and independent. Jeremy loves technology, works at a security startup, and feels his calling in life is to help people with anything big or small, if he can. Now, I am super honored to have you here because I can finally publicly thank you for seriously saving my life. Um, 
because after the after the divorce, I, I have no family where we live. And I literally would have been on the street because I had nowhere to go. You know, a lot of guys after the divorce, they move in back with their parents to get on their feet. And I didn't have that privilege. And, you, you know, when I told you what was going on, the first thing you said to me was, if you need a place to stay, you can stay here for as long as you need. And I was only supposed to move in for, I guess, three months. And then Corona happened. And three months uh, slowly turned into seven or eight months. Um, but it gave me a stable place for the kids to come and, and be with me uh, during that time. And I was able to save money. And I, I could not get back on my feet without you. So I'm, I'm really, really happy that I can have you on here and actually say thank you and let the world know that, you know, what you say and how you want to live is how you are living. And it's not just cheap talk. So thank you, buddy. Look, man, um, you know, when you came to me, uh, it was it was a tough time for you. And I recognized it. Um, and I'm just kind of thankful um, that I was able to be there and, you know, the right place at the right time for you. Uh, and like, like I said in that bio, it's like, you know, if I can help someone, that's what I want to do. Like beyond, you know, family, of course, and the other obligation, like one of the most important things to me is being able to be there, especially for friends, but of course, for anyone that wants, you know, help at any point in time. And, uh, you know, I think it's just kind of the human element, what we do for each other. And, um, you know, hopefully there are more people out there that are able to give of themselves and help people that need it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I said in the, on the first podcast that, you know, there's this underground society of divorced people. Um, and literally the day that it happened, somebody took my phone and they said, all right, you're joining these WhatsApp groups and you're not alone. Um, you know, you are part of that, but you know, the, the, the kindness you showed me is, you know, another reason why we want to do this podcast, because, you know, it's really important that people have some support system, whether some people don't have family, some people do have family, some people just want friends to talk to that are going through the same kind of thing. Um, and speaking of that, you know, it was four years ago. Um, and now you're, what's your, what's your title? Chief? You, I know you started as a marketing guy. It's just chief, yeah, just was, just chief. <laughs> just chief. I was I was doing marketing stuff. Now I'm doing more product related stuff in in my company. That's you know just the way I pay the bills. Right. And, and I remember when you were trying to decide whether to leave your cushy job or to get into this uncomfortable position that you've never done before, but you really wanted to do. And um, we one of the things we try to do here is to figure, you know, give examples or try to figure out what got you through, you know, that, that difficult time um, after the divorce and always putting one foot ahead. Was there anything like you cleaned on or, or, you know, some idea or some goal in your head? So I'll say, one thing that I do tell to a lot of people that I speak with, uh, fathers that come to me that going through a hard time, you have to go through a process. So the first part of that process is recognizing what happened, why it happened, and feeling the feelings. Um, a lot of men, of course, we know are not used to that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm a more sensitive guy in general, but their crying is not something that I was used to doing just out of the blue. And I would tell people like, I come home, put the car in the driveway. And for no reason at all, I'm just breaking down and I'm just crying, letting flow. And what, what's happening? You know, it's like, wow, hit me. This is a big deal. And the truth is, you're able to, I think, come to a realization that getting divorced is 
super difficult. It's a break. It, it really does kind of, you know, break a home and it's tough. Um, but you breaking up with your significant other is different than dealing with the kids. So we all have, um, and you know, this podcast, obviously you'll have, I'm sure people who don't have kids that who do have kids, but from someone who does have kids, the real breakdown for me wasn't the separation from my partner. It was the separation from that my kids had to deal with between being there and here, there and here. Um, so one of the things that helped me a lot was, like you said, was getting into groups that are people who know who you are uh, or know what you're going through, have similar stories and a lot more difficult stories as well. So I think once you're able to really, you know, capture that friendship with these people um, who are now basically going through or have gone through the same thing you did, that, that already, you know, sets you up for success to move on and to focus on what you need to focus on. So it wasn't like I had a specific goal per se. I mean, I always have ideas and things that I want to do. We've talked about some ideas along the lines of helping people. Um, but, you know, that that's less important to me than saying, okay, what I need is a base for myself. I need friends. I need to go out. I need to have fun. And that will enable me to help my kids. That will enable me to come back with more energy uh, and find ways to communicate with them better. Um, we can talk about, I guess, sort of how communication works, things like that. I have two daughters. So, you know, fathers with daughters might be a little more difficult and you have to be mm. more sensitive and understanding. Um, so is your that, relationship, has it changed since the divorce with your kids? Uh, I would say that it's changed in mostly in the interactions on a regular basis. So going back to when I was still married, um, I would say probably most of the communication was through their mother. Um, and, you know, I was there as sort of like, um, you know, being the, the hero dad kind of thing, you know, like the, you know, just like, okay, once in a while, like if she gets upset at them or whatever, they'll come to me and, you know, they need consolation. Um, but now it's more like seeing them through every stage. So I get to, you know, in some ways people might say, fathers might say, man, I hate dealing with this. It's so difficult. You know what? That's fine. It, it, it is difficult. But now you get to see the growth of your kids fully. Like it's just you, you know, right. at least when you have them. And so if you're able to look at that from a perspective of, you know, it's hard to deal with these breakdowns their mother usually would deal with it, but now I'm here and I'm the only one. So recognition is important. And looking back afterwards, right? Once you've gone through like a, a, an argument, a breakdown, fight, whatever it is, you come back and you're like, okay, I dealt with that pretty well. And now I can go back, look at that for the next time and say, okay, I should change maybe a little bit shift. Let me... Let, let me be a little less harsh. Let me find the right places to lift up my child instead of just putting them down and saying, no, do this the way I said and done. Rather try to work with them where you say, look, I know that it's hard. I know that we're going through a, a tough period. Let's talk about how, you know, you can move forward, how you can be stronger and, you know, move on from that. That's all another topic of like, the right after divorce thing, like how kids take divorce. I don't know if you want to ask that question. No, I was going to, I was actually going to ask you that, Jeremy. I mean, first of all, just to give context to, to our, our listeners, how old were your, were your daughters at the time uh, that the divorce happened? So now they're 12 and 10. So eight and six. Uh, the quick story is we were told to sit them down and have it be told to them basically a few days before it happened, like mm. kind of surprised them in a way, um, in an unfortunate way, but better to give them the news 
and then quickly make it happen rather than say like, oh, in a month or in two months, we're going to start living in separate houses and you're going to have to go back and forth because that gives them too much time to digest it um, before it happens. So we sat them down basically like a Thursday before the Sunday where we were officially going to be separated. And the eight-year-old, uh, very sensitive, bright child, um, she broke down right away. Like as soon as we said it, she recognized like this is a, a shift. This is a total change. The little one, six years old, she took it in such stride. We were amazed. We're like, okay, so what do you, what do you feel? So you mean I'm going to have two houses and two parties and two presents for my birthday? Yes. Okay. Can I go watch TV now? <laughs> do, do you think that they, do you think that they, you know, everyone's situation is different. Do you think that they kind of, you know, it's a young age, but saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, like as things were sort of, you know, breaking down in, in the marriage. And, uh, you know, do you think that they kind of had an idea that something may be up or they were too young to really understand until you sat down and spoke with them? You know, that's a great question. Uh, thinking back on it, I'd say they recognized that there were issues when unfortunately, sometimes even as adults, we're supposed to recognize this, uh, that you're not supposed to raise your voices and fight in front of the kids and things like that. We did. And there were times where my oldest would come to us and say, why are you so upset at each other? Why are you screaming at each other? And we just, you know, you, you push it off and say, it's just adult things. We're talking, we're trying to figure things out. She might've had an inkling of something, but I don't think that at that age, kids recognize that there is such a thing as divorce. Mm, so do they have friends that their parents were so happens to be my oldest has a friend who had parents that divorced probably like four years prior so there was one girl so she kind of I think had an idea of what it might be like for me like tv it's everywhere so even like even though my kids didn't really have any friends and there's none in the family my oldest because of tv was always going is it now? Is it going to happen? Are you doing something? Is it? And because she also sometimes thinks negatively and worries. So I think having it in the, in the media everywhere is also affecting that. Wow. Yeah. That's a bigger question than me, uh, that, than I can talk to. Uh, media is media. Hollywood is Hollywood. They're going to show the bright sides. They're going to show the unfortunate sides. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, no matter what media your child consumes, if you keep them more, uh, you know, if you keep their self-esteem um, up and you work them through just the being a child and knowing how to get through life without being like super disappointed at things and feeling like you can't move on, right? So the more you lift them up, the better they'll take anything and the less they'll care about what was on TV, for example, and what they saw. I think just recently I saw someone ask Gary V this question. Hmm. <laughs> Shout out Let to Gary V. Gary V. Exactly. They asked a woman asked Gary V uh, about how much TV and media kids consume hmm. and said, what am I supposed to do? Like they're seeing things that just, you know, they're not really right for that age. I'm not going to start preaching about what's good and bad for what age child, but she felt that her kid wasn't getting out of the house, wasn't doing anything, felt she was worried that her kid was going to potentially self-harm, whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, tough things. And so she said, like, what, what can I do? Well, and he said, well, what I would do and what I do do with my kids is I build up their self-esteem, their self-confidence. When they have the capabilities of making decisions for themselves and saying, I know what I'm looking at. I know what's in front of me. I know it looks crazy or difficult or sad, mm -hmm. but I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to make my own decisions. That's a, another topic in terms of like 
kids and TikTok. <laughs> My kids don't have TikTok. Right, same here. This is an automatic segue, right? You talk media, you get into TikTok right away. I'd like to get back to Gary Vee, though. Um, my take on Gary Vee after watching, I'm a huge fan, uh, minus the language. Like I would love for my kids to be able to actually watch Gary Vee because there's a lot of brilliance in there. Uh, but I realized a lot of my friends, they didn't have parents that were like supportive and, you know, thank God my parents, uh, you know, my mother, I was raised by a single mother, you know, my father, I saw him once or twice a month. Um, but whatever I wanted to do, she was like, do it. So like I went to acting school in the summers, I played every sport known to man, whatever I wanted to do. Sure, no problem, go for it. And I don't have that can't do in my brain. It just doesn't exist. My, my mother used to say, um, there's no such thing as trying, only doing. And to me, that's how I try to live my life. Uh, but Gary Vee, I realized for the, all those people that don't have that positive supportive parent, that is what Gary Vee does. He said, you know, you can do anything. You can start at 40. You can start at 60. It doesn't matter. Whatever you put your mind to and take all the haters out of it and just surround yourself with positive people. Uh, and, you know, that, that's kind of how I live my life. But I, you know, as I get out and meet more people and, you know, they, many people, way too many people don't have that in their life and didn't. So they have little, you know, voices in their heads saying, you can't do this. Why would you do this? It's never going to work. Um, so, you know, that's, that's why, you know, Gary Vee, I wish I could have my kids listen to that stuff, but yeah, you know, I try to focus on their strengths and, and just, you know, and, you know, get those to flourish and, and build those up. I think one of the, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think one of the cool things that I learned from you, Ben, was and having you at my place for a while and seeing what you were kind of how you're interacting with your kids, which I love the way you interact with your kids and I love the way you deal with tantrums and, and it's really amazing. In terms of content, I learned that, you know, there are plenty of YouTube channels out there that are very family friendly and really have good lessons to learn. And we were watching things like couples who are vlogging their trips yep. and they're family friendly, maybe no kids. Right. But still like you get to see what they're seeing. You, you see get the to, world. Yeah. In a way. So you're transporting kids to something and, and not just putting them in front of like a cartoon that's going to scream at them or YouTube videos of YouTube shorts, which are again, like TikToks, etc. I wish I could walk them. Just scream, yeah, just screaming kids. That's yeah. all I hear. Like, oh, let's watch a Roblox video, or, a Minecraft. Or 30, 40 year olds opening up toys where you can't see their faces and all they watch that all day long for hours and hours and hours. So I learned from that and I try to focus my kids on very specific channels. Um, I, I don't know if we need to mention them, but like, you know, some good channels with wholesome stuff. I'll take like Jordan Matter. I was about to say, because my... Uh, I, both of our kids are stretchy. I have at least one stretchy kid. Um, and Jordan matters anywhere we go. Uh, and I have the camera. She's like upside down. Take a picture of me on this rock between this waterfall. Um, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, J Jeremy, I was just going to say before, you know, maybe going backwards a bit, you know, that's one of the beauties of podcasts. You know, Joe Rogan always says there's no structure here. You know, we just we just go where it takes us. But I, I wanted to ask you. Um, obviously you and Ben, like, obviously you're very intentional about how you're, you're raising your kids, which is, you know, what we all aspire to do. Um, but just going back in time, cause I'm curious about this. You talked about getting into your driveway and having, uh, you know, moments of, of crying, which I think that, um, you know, I think we've all been there. Did you find that at a certain point, like you, it was just almost impossible to really turn your mind to your sort of dad role. And you kind of just had to sort of sit in, you know, where life took you, or that was never something that, um, you know, that was in your consciousness, like you never stopped being that dad, obviously, we never stopped being a dad in actuality. But did you find that it was challenging to sort of continue to be that dad, while you were sort of at the at the darkest times in your life? So we'll separate it between making sure you're doing what you have to do as a dad, or as a parent, just get things done, because life keeps going. You can't stop it versus the 
conscientious effort you're making to be better at your dadness, you know, like, uh, it, it did take a lot of effort because there were a lot of times where it would just been easy to say, whatever, just leave me alone. Uh, go back to your screen. Yeah. Go back to screen. I, I mm. And honestly, again, I'm going to go back to Ben on this because again, seeing the way he interacted with his kids, even by me until today, uh, it's, it's really helped me to learn the right words, the right ways to speak to your kids. You don't always, and I'm sure Ben can elaborate on this. You don't always just kind of like tell them what to do. You speak to them in a way that gives them the ability to say, oh, I realized now what I need to do because of what my father told me to do or asked of me or mentioned, right? Like you don't just say do your homework, but you can say, oh, is anything, what happened in school or how, you know, what did you do today? And from there, it hopefully leads to the kids understanding, oh, right, I need to go back to what I did in school. I had homework, right? So you don't always just tell them what to do. That's one of the things that I really learned from Ben. Um, so yeah, it, it takes effort. It definitely takes thought. And I would definitely suggest not being discouraged by the first interaction or even the first year of interaction or, or life. Cause it, it's not all roses. Again, it's definitely not all roses. We, we know that it, it wasn't all roses when we were married either. Um, but now you're taking it on yourself. And so I think everyone needs to take that time, give yourself a good few months to just sit and think every night or whenever you have some free time, stop, turn everything off and say, okay, like, what's this next idea? What's this next way I can lift my kids up and make sure that they're, you know, just helping themselves. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to be like the best, you know, most inspirational person in the world. You just need to get them through because now we're going to like the way it starts, right? Especially with my oldest, in my example, uh, in my personal story, it, she had a really, really hard time and breaking down constantly. When are you going to get back together? Are you going to get back together? Mm. Why are you separated? What happened? What did I do? Was it my fault? And so you're now not just in a regular dad role, you're in a mini psychologist role. Mm. And you need to be able to understand, wait, what is it that they're telling me? Like they're this, my daughter was telling me that she was the cause of our divorce. Mm. And it, what th there's, we told you a hundred times already, right? So I could right away go to my, don't even think about that. I already told you a million times. Like, you know that it's not your fault. I told you it. And then you get upset and you get annoyed and you get frustrated, but instead stop and say, you know what? I'm going to answer the question again, nicely in a relaxed tone. I'm going to make sure that she just understands again. And I'll tell her a million times till today, if she asks, it's very rare, but if there's a question about it, and now my little one kind of is, you know, growing up and sort of mirroring that uh, as she gets older and it's the same thing. It's never, I told you already, leave me alone. No, it's, we spoke about these changes. Do you remember that we talked about that? What happened between mommy and daddy and how we feel and why we're in a better place now. And this isn't something that is about you and your sister. This is something that's about me and your mother. And we dealt with it in the way we felt made the most sense because when we're happier, you're going to be happier. I know you're not happy in, you know, living with the fact that you have to be sleeping in this bed and that bed, you know, a few times a week here, a few times a week there, but at least from the perspective of living the rest of your life, if your parents are happy, even separated, then you're able to give your children the best experience in life. You're able to help them grow and self-esteem, self-confidence and all that. So that's where I think the focus should really be when you're 
probably not the moment you get got divorced, right? You get divorced, you're gonna be in your feelings, it's you're be in your own. Yeah, it's your process. Uh, but give yourself during that process time to think about now how I'm also gonna help my kids get through the breakup that they had and that they went through. So yeah, don't get too frustrated with you know losing it a few times. It happens to all of us. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. Like what, what is your approach in that, in that regard? Cause I know for myself, um, you know, you've talked about this, Jeremy, just about, you know, the, I, I guess you were kind of alluding, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, you know, we're not, we're not perfect. Right. We're not, you know, we're doing the best we can um, and, and just trying to be conscious of, 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 you know, of being the best father we can, but those moments, let's say, you know, where maybe you said something or did something or just, you know, couldn't be the person you wanted to be at, at, at a certain point in time for your kids. Like, how do you sort of approach that? Is it kind of just like it happens and move on? Or is it, you know, how do you try and learn from that? Well, I think that there are always going to be times where we're not going to be able to find the right words or the right way to react to what's happening. Uh, I really think that for me, it was about, you know, really coming back to those experiences. Any times, anytime I went through one of those experiences that I had a hard time, you know, dealing with, sit down again, turn off all your ringing and pinging devices mm. and really focus. I, I've done that multiple times, especially at the beginning. It was like 11 o'clock at night kids are asleep. Um, my TV and computer and phone are on. And it's just like, wait, stop. Off, off, off. And I just sat and I said, okay, let me gather more, you know, information about myself. Let me come to understand what I need more to be a better father. And let's think a little bit about what happened today. Right. I don't think you need more than five, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of time. We're adults. We know how to think, like, you know, how to process. So when you're able to process those instances, uh, you're really, uh, I think, able to learn from them quickly mm -hmm. and react in a much more understanding way going forward. So there will be times where you're going to be frustrated. You're not going to understand what am I doing wrong? How, how do I fix it? And it's mm. always with men. It's always, how do I fix <laughs> one of those right. things that we, I think need to change. A lot of men need to understand me as well. It took me time. It's not just about fixing the problem, especially with daughters, especially with daughters, maybe something that a lot of us didn't understand as husbands, whatever, not saying anything, <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of times it's just a hug. It's just, uh, you know, rubbing their back for a little bit. Just relax. Let's figure this out. You know, you don't even talk. You know, things a lot of times don't need to be said to, to sort of be resolved. And if your first instinct is, okay, so let, let's figure this out. Let's do that. Let's do No, no, no. Stop. Right. Deep breath. Let's just, you know, uh, and I want to word you just you use the word imbibe, but that's not the right word. But just you know, intake that information, stir with it, and be with your child. They all need that, just that individual care. Did you look to, to therapy books or anything like that during this process? Mm. Uh, so. There was therapy, definitely, um, not just for me and the ex, but there was therapy went, for the kids. You went with the ex after the therapy? This was in that interim period where we were like, it's going to happen, uh, but let's okay, kind of give it a last the, shot. If, and then we were able to also discuss sort of what are the steps that we could take mm -hmm. and plans, right? So... We followed through pretty well, I think, with that plan. Um, I personally like to 
learn from experiences. So I have friends that I try to invite all the time and with kids. And as much as we do with kids, I, I get to see a lot of different perspectives. I think that you can learn a lot from a book and you can learn a ton from a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. But since every kid is different, I really like to see parenting styles. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do when I go to events with kids, hikes, whatever it is, I'm always paying attention to how a parent talks, communicates, or doesn't with their child. Mm -hmm. And I learn a lot from those. So that's my, my experience is more like learn from other people who are going through it in the real world, see what things they're doing that you like and see what things they're doing you don't like and adopt whatever you think is good and don't adopt what you think is not good. And, and if evolve. it doesn't work, you just don't try that again. But yeah, evolve. Right. And did, did you, you have to... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ben. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to ask you, like, do you... You know, speaking of therapists, because I've always talked about it, to me, there's there's multiple components, um, you know, to who somebody shares with. Like from my from my experience, it was just, you know, including including Ben, you know, who I share with a lot. Like just it was so enormously valuable to me to be able to share, um, you know, with other people. And by the way, I, you know, I was going to ask you about this. It even includes some married friends of mine um, who just have this, even though they haven't gone through it themselves. Um, they have this amazing ability to be sensitive and, and to be compassionate and, and empathetic. But obviously, it also includes men that have gone through it. Um, you know, do you, do you find that that's something that, you know, maybe you did more or you don't do because you talked about learning from other people. So do you have conversations like for me also, a lot of it is WhatsApp, a lot of WhatsApp voice notes. If you compiled all my voice notes, there's probably thousands and thousands of hours of voice notes. Do you, did you find that that was your experience as well? And uh, is that ongoing type of thing? So going back to the beginning when divorce happened, I kind of didn't know where I stood um, and who was sort of going to be there for me. I was probably the first of the people I knew that was divorced, except mm -hmm. for that one, my daughter's friend's parents, like, mm -hmm. but we kind of lost connection. So there wasn't really any way to ask about that. And I think I leaned more on my family. So I had my mm. parents to talk to. Um, and interestingly enough, because of the relationship we have, me and my ex, we were able to talk about things too. Even though most of the time we're talking about things in the context of the kids. But with that, we we're able to at least lean on each other if things were difficult. And I know that probably most uh, divorced uh, people don't have great relationships and it happens and I get it. I was very lucky in that regard. So from that perspective, I, I didn't have like a lot, like a community of people, which is why when I met like people from these divorcee groups and they said, Hey, let me bring you into this group. And we just help each other out and we meet for coffees, whatever. I thought that was fantastic. And that led me to meeting so many friends that I have today. Uh, and it's a, it's a constant conversation. So like, I'm not sure about everybody else's uh, perspective, but I am always meeting with other divorced friends, whether it's in a serious environment or a fun environment, whatever it is, we're constantly talking about these issues. So um, you have to have your fun too, but as it's part of our lives, it's such an essential part of our lives that it's just kind of a natural discussion. So I would say at the beginning, I didn't have much to lean on. I didn't have other people to go to, but luckily I was in a place that with my ex, we had such a good relationship that I was able to get through that period you know, relatively um, unscathed in a way. And from there, I just met like-minded people and my married friends understood. We actually, right before we got divorced, we went to like three or four really close friends, couples. And we told them, so like, this is what's happening. We just want to let you know, you know, and by the way, if you ever have a party or an event, 
you can invite both of us. We're friends. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an evolve again, like most things it's evolving always. So if you know somebody and you're just getting divorced or you're going through a really rough time, talk to someone who is divorced or who's going through that. Or listen to this podcast. Or listen to this podcast. <laughs> and nine out of 10 times, job, no, 10 out of 10 times, I will tell people, no, stop. Don't do it. Definitely not yet. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to want to hold off because the divorce is messy. It's difficult. It's hurtful. Um, and it really is like, you know, it's when you talk about breaking up a family, it is, it's breaking up a family. Actually, it brings me to other podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis where they'll talk about like the, the family and the home and they're very uh, adamant about like this. What do you mean divorce? Like divorce isn't a thing. Like it shouldn't be a thing. Like you don't. And I think to myself, well, you know, I appreciate some of your, you know, opinions about things, but like as someone who went through divorce, I know that it's sometimes necessary. It's sometimes therapeutic in a way. Um, So that was a really interesting thought that I had while I was talking about this. Um, I I understand that divorce is not a good thing as a general rule, uh, but everyone has their story. And just one last, therapy, you did it uh, in person or did you use like an online virtual thing like BetterHelp or something? Yeah, so actually the therapy that we did was in person. It was before COVID, (laughs) pre pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it was all in person. Um, I haven't looked personally for any online therapy. What's great is that through the therapy that my kids are going through, I'm learning a ton. And do you participate? Is it together? Is it separate? It's a combination? It's mostly separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning, we do a little bit where like, you know, the first couple exactly. sessions, the kid wants to feel, you want to make sure the kid feels um, you know, okay about it and up to do it. And, um, so the interaction there is really cool to see. But once they're comfortable with their therapist, yeah, it's just them. And, you know, it's working wonders. Um, there are some, you know, hiccups here and there, but overall it really gives them, you know, this realization of I can do, I know who I am. I know what my situation is. Even if it's difficult, I'm going to get through it. And my parents are both here for me at the end of the day. Two things, always tell them you're there for them. Mm-hmm. Always make sure they know, like consistently, even if they didn't ask, or even if they're not sad, whatever it is, I'll sometimes just go to my daughter or both of them at any random times and just give them a kiss on the forehead and just, I love you. I'm here for you. That's it. Random. Um, and I think I forgot the second one, but <laughs> that's how it always works. Um, so definitely, yeah, definitely just do those kinds of things. Just be there for them when they need. And did you learn any, like, (laughs) did you learn any new skills that you didn't have when you were married, uh, regarding the kids or or life? Okay. Regarding the kids or the house or the life. Yeah. Or like taking care of a house on your own now. Yes. Okay. Did I learn to wash dishes? Uh, I used to wash dishes. (laughs) Uh, uh, I think I learned a lot about. Um, keeping a home overall, um, really dealing with everything from messes to cooking, you know, cleaning, all that stuff. Um, the other skills, I think we spoke of a little bit about before, just learning how to keep your temperament uh, with kids and making sure that you're just really being there for them. Those are skills that, again, I it wouldn't have been as natural in my marriage. It would have been like, okay, like your mother is going to go and be there for you. And yeah, I'll, I'll be there too, but I'll be more like, you know, when you're happy again, you'll come to me and yay. Uh, but the, you know, the skills are really about that. Just being the loving father that your kids need. So those are 
super duper skills. Um, I would say if you can master the skills of, you know, uh, keeping your kids in a place where they're constantly, you know, feel safe. Mm-hmm. That's like number one, they feel safe. The rest kind of follows because they'll be a lot more open to even helping out around the house, making sure their room is clean, washing some dishes, appropriate age, of course, whatever it is. And sort of, you, you kind of build your own family without the other parent. So they have two families, but focus on yours, focus on getting them to a place where school is going okay, friends are, you know, in a good place. They have, they have places to go, what to do. Uh, they're starting to do some chores, things like that. Once you have that, I think, you know, things really come together. Awesome. When you, uh, when you first, you know, were getting divorced, because I, I know, again, from my experience, I remember just having huge fears surrounding so many different aspects, whether it was financial or, or even like, like Ben was asking about things like doing dishes, laundry, cooking. Uh, Cause to be frank, I, I didn't do much, or maybe my, my ex-wife would say none of, <laughs> of all that sort of stuff when I was married. So did you have those sort of fears or, or that was your experience? Like, just like, how am I going to do all this and manage? Did you have that? And I'm asking, cause I, 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 I'm yeah. guessing there's some men that have that, you know? Uh, out yeah. There. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has their own. Right. I think that, you know, everyone should have some fears. They're legitimate. Um, I was more worried about how my kids were going to just keep going on with their lives in a more normal, I guess we'll use that word, a normal way. Hmm. Just keep being a kid. I don't want them to be worried. I don't want them to be upset. I don't want them to be scared. And, you know, also at that time, my job was a little bit iffy. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know if I was going to continue. And now that I'm divorced, it's like, wait, I have my kids a few days during the week. So how am I going to do that? My company, this is before, right? Pre-pandemic. What am I going to do about work? I can't go to work every day. I need to pick up my kids from school. Mm. So again, those are the, the, the real fears. I think that there are probably much deeper fears that many men will have when they're going through this situation. Um, luckily, again, my family was there. Uh, my ex was still there to at least be there with me when we were going through these issues. And so I didn't, I didn't have that deep fear of like existentially, what's going to happen? How am I going to go on? I just, you know, I barreled through it, got a little bit of help here and there, whether it's financially or mentally or whatever it is. And, you know, thank God managed to go pretty unscathed through the whole, you know, the whole story and just still four years later dealing with, um, child, uh, trauma. Uh, it's, it's a trauma. So that's, that's where I'm at now. And one last question, I think we're getting, it's getting pretty long here. Um, if there's one advice for, for any dad going through this and this divorce process, what, what advice would that be? So, wow. A piece of advice. There's so much to be given, uh, because there's so much to experience. Um, depending on where you are in your process, that the first thing I say to in most things is let's figure out, you know, where we are right, right now. So I guess we'll take as an example, you got divorced a week ago and you are living alone for a week and you have a few kids. Uh, So the initial piece of advice that I would give when you're already in that situation is to make sure that you reach out to who you need to reach out to, to ground yourself first. Uh, So whether that's family or friends, you need to have people surrounding you. 
if you have the right people surrounding you to care and give you advice and help you in whatever way, that's going to ground you and it's going to put you on the right path to taking care of your children. Number one, right? I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, they are everything for us. So focus on, it's, it's weird to say, focus on yourself selfishly. It's a selfish thing. But if you're not selfish for that period of getting to the place where you're level and even and able to deal with what your situation is financially, emotionally, wherever you are, you're not going to be able to give your kids the best life moving forward. You need to be clear headed. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is launched. I, I'm so happy you were able to be our inaugural de- uh, guest. So, so I can, I can say my words and get that. Uh, out um, for the world to see. Um, And for all of you, um, this has been episode two and you can find us Two Dad to Quit uh, on Facebook, on the web, twodadtoquit.com, T-O-O, and on Instagram and on Twitter and reach out. We wanna hear your stories. Please reach out, spread the word, subscribe and, We can't wait to get you the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks Thanks a ton. Thanks so much for having me, gentlemen. I'm honored to be the first guest on the podcast. (laughs) Looking forward to seeing what else we're, uh, you know, what else you guys are going to bring to us. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks a ton. Thank you for listening to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Available twodadtoquit.com. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.